0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Butch Daily Podcast. This is Kathy Wilder, and I'm here in San Diego uh, with my beautiful wife and my son, and I'm totally excited and ready to be here today with my buddies. Hey y'all, Janelle
1: Hampton here, coming at you from the As Butch As I Want to Be Bay Area, specifically the East Bay, Oakland, hanging out with my wife and my twins, looking for some fun summer. Oh my gosh, it's getting hot.
2: (laughs) Hello,
3: hello, hello. This is Dana Taylor, up here being my best butch gay in the beautiful Humboldt Bay. That's Eureka, California. Hey, uh, speaking of hot, you guys, it's hot where you are. Do you get uh, summer storms?
1: Yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah. Where
3: you at? Do you get a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning, stuff like that? Thunder,
1: lightning.
3: Is it very, very frightening?
1: <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, guess what? Feather Falls Brewery has its own thunder. It's the Feather Falls Thunder, apricot wheat, lightly hopped to allow the sweet fruitness of apricot Ooh. to balance with the smoothness of wheat malt. It's only 4.25 alcohol content, so you can sip that sweet nectar all night long.
2: Hey! Hi. All night long. I love it. (laughs) Hmm.
1: You had a couple of my favorites there. Apricot, (laughs) hops, all night long. Sweet nectar. Sounds
0: good. Sounds delicious. Indeed. Kathy,
3: what are we doing next?
0: Well, uh, you know what? I think it's time for a hot seat question. Agreed. Oh, yeah. And here it is coming at you guys. Oh, oh boy. Okay. So this
1: is the Butch um, Daily, right? The Butch Daily. And our listeners by now certainly know that we are butches. uh, Mm -hmm. And among many other things, however, Mm -hmm. we aren't only a butch, are we? We are so much else. So my question to you today, the hot seat question to all of us today is, yes, you're butch. What else you got? What other identities do you guys um, have Mm. that you express in the world that you keep to yourself um, that maybe it's easy to balance, maybe not, but what are your other identities? You are butch and you are. Mm. Hmm. I know that for me, um the, the,
2: the identities are just crawling
1: out of my ears. I'm just kidding. Um, there are, I do identify in a couple different ways, Butch Mm -hmm. is a main one. It's very visual. It's out there. It's how I get treated. That's fine. But I'm also a Christian and that's Mm -hmm. a very big part of my identity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would have to say that that's like right there. And it's really important. Like my, I hate to call it Christianity or my religion because really I try to be like Christ and being a follower of Jesus Christ is way different than being what many know right now because of heinous actions by other Christians, what a Christian is. I don't really identify with that label of being a Christian, but like my father before me, and even now, he identifies at this point only as a follower of Christ because He really can't stand what people suggest that his God is all about. Mm. And I'm with him. I'm right there. So I'm a follower of Christ. And that's a big part of what determines my actions and my reactions in the world. So that's my, one of my other main identities. And there are more as well, um, but those that, and being a butch lesbian, those are the ones that I often have to talk to together. Wow. Okay. So Kathy <laughs> went right there. Okay. Kathy, yeah, you you since you're going right there, why don't we go ahead and have you talk to us about what you are other than Butch?
0: Okay. So I would consider being Butch and being lesbian two separate identities. Butch is my gender expression, yes. and lesbian is my sexual orientation. So for me, those are two separate things in my life. Uh, and I've kind of just come to that realization over the last few years that those, well, they work in concert together, one might say. Um, they definitely are parts of me that have been active and alive in different ways. So I've got that. And yeah, I think the other, another part of me is that um, I am a, a person uh, who is um, white and I am really working on understanding what that means. Um, and not only do I present white, but I come from a like really a pretty strong background of uh, Western European family members. And so I am like, you know, have relatives that came on the Mayflower and I'm trying to figure out what that all means in my role in white supremacy culture and how I can be uh, a better uh, white person moving forward in all of the things that we're working towards as a society today. And understand my privilege, understand the things that I need to be really aware of in my day to day. So, wow.
1: Uh, yeah. That's pretty big because you're throwing that out as another one of your identities. And that's not an easy one right now.
0: It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? It's been hard for a lot of people for a long time. So, it's kind of about time. It's hard for white people. Just going to yeah. say. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> almost it's like you that. had
1: a friend who, like almost 20 years ago, started calling you Shea Whitey and remarking on your very blue eyes. Totally. If only you'd had a friend like I, that.
0: I may have a, have had a friend for 20 years now that's done that. Thank you. And, and, and your entire family. Yes, so you know. indeed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Uh, so my turn? All right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, similar, same, butch, lesbian. So those are two identities. And then one that we talk about, you know, semi-regularly on the show, say so I belong to a Native American tribe were the Maidu Concow Indians of Mortown Rancheria.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, my mom was basically about half Native American. My dad's very Irish English, and so while I identify with the Native American community, I also present very Caucasian, and so there's like this nuance of how Indian I can be sometimes. Um, So around different people, I will present in a different way, whatever makes me feel more comfortable in the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do that not only for my own comfortability, but just, I guess, out of some respect, because I understand that there's a lot of privilege that has come in my life by presenting Mm -hmm. as white. Um, And then on paper, I get to say, oh, I belong to this tribe. So there's these like some other privileges that come with that. Um, but it's an interesting kind of concept and road to walk down. Um, and then also in the regards to mental health, addiction, and trauma, um, I definitely identify with all three of those, having had experienced some sexualized trauma in my life, as well as um, was, I think, in my eyes, resulting mental health issues mm. uh, with depression and issues with addiction. Mm-hmm. So those would be some identities that I identify with
1: that are bandying about in your life.
3: Yeah, in different times and different uh, situations. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Hey, can I ask, guys, what do you think about um, the idea of like if you just are born and you look white, right? Like Dana is basically saying, I you know present as white or present as Caucasian, but the truth is, if it's it's very passive. How you know your skin color is a passive thing. You just present as white, but you're not presenting yourself as white. It just is what the world sees.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah. It's it. For me, it's as the world sees. But I also, you know, I cut my hair very short. I dye it. You know, right now it's got a bleach super blonde cute. thing going on. You know, so there's super things cute. that I do that it's thank you, thank you very much that accentuate that. Uh, so
2: I think it's
0: both and white interesting. Culture is a hard a hard topic because that's a construct, right? So presenting it with white whiteness is it's really that's not deep, that's just like a term used for power. So that's why personally I think it's good to deconstruct that because everyone's a lot more complicated than that, those those social constructs. So absolutely.
3: And I think I was just super lucky in having a really strong mom Mm. and female presence in my life and where she was like, I don't care what you look like. You were raised by an Indian woman who Mm -hmm. was raised by an Indian woman. Mm
2: -hmm. And that
3: makes you an Indian. And so Mm. she was basically like, fuck everybody else and whatever they think. (laughs) And just do you. If you want to go to powwow and dance, go to powwow and dance. If you don't, don't. Like, Mm-hmm. forget whatever what everybody else might think about it um yeah she was awesome
1: she yeah that's great it's awesome well you know what's interesting um kathy is you separated the concept of gender and sexuality mm-hmm. so there's a book out there called butch is a noun so i call myself a butch lesbian which de facto makes butch the adjective and lesbian the noun so butch is just mm-hmm. a modifier which i'm comfortable with but I'm really interested in the concept of sort of like seeing it as a distinct or rather discrete elements of you, which is I am a butch noun and mm-hmm. I am a lesbian noun. So interesting because um, I don't think everybody, I don't think every butch does that, but I'm really considering that because, you know, recently we've just, I've just come face to
0: face with what it all means, right? I, I think the definition is evolving too, because I think, uh, older lesbians who identify as butch i I recently saw a definition that was super interesting that was from a woman who's in her 80s she identifies as butch lesbian and she would say uh that uh, being butch is being a masculine presenting woman who is in the same sex or is attracted to the same sex but she even says in her writing that that's evolved because of our understanding of uh, transgender people and our understanding of gender fluidity and stuff. So it's cool. It's like the community's evolving, and we are saying, yeah, there is there's some there's complexity to gender and sexuality, and that's those are two precious and different things that we can yeah. look at and be, which is cool.
3: I agree. I think my understanding of it has completely evolved over the last 20 years. Um, which I think is cool, like all the different um, aspects and nuances of it. And I'll tell you, I've struggled more with my identity as being a white presenting Native American person, much more than being a butch person, which I I don't know. I just, I think I just realized that tonight and I'm going to think about it. So I appreciate you guys making me think about stuff.
0: (laughs) That's what we're here for, Dana. That's what we're here for. Oh, I know. Keeping the brain, keeping the brain.
3: We learn stuff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> totally yeah well you all might have noticed that our buddy Mags is uh, away tonight and uh, but we never know what might happen Mags is a wild card and may or may not be here so just keep Mags is wild. don't wild. turn us off just because Mags isn't here that's right yeah. don't turn us off just because Mags isn't here to turn you on <laughs> <laughs> that's right
1: we all know One of y'all
3: should try to talk in a you know who
1: you are. <laughs> what Dana?
3: One of y'all should try and talk in a southern accent mm-hmm. so you can keep it all get the accent going. Keep it going. I like to
1: try that, but I always end up sounding like a trucker. And I don't know if that really suits me or the world in general.
2: <laughs>
0: That's I what Dana I can do. Successful at that at some point. The you're the accent person, Dana, the voices. You do the voices.
3: <laughs> i'll
0: give it i'll give it a try i'll see typically what i use typically it's the nine one one or
1: the not 911, <laughs> one one wow the wow oh thank god mags is here thank god mags we were just all trying to do your southern accent which is not really an accent for you bad. it was but all bad it was awful heavy. thank god you're here talk to us right now in your voice
3: i'm hurt you said it's-
1: Hi, how's it going? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Okay, Max, tell me this. What are you besides Butch? What's another one of your identities?
4: Uh, I'm genderqueer. I'm non-binary. Um, I prefer the pronouns they, them, he, him.
1: That's a lot right there. Wow, there we go. Yeah.
4: Yep.
3: Max, tell me. I recently Max just heared the rest of the conversation. Sorry, Max, go ahead
1: what's happening we're putting you on the hot seat by asking you the hot seat question and we're just sort of like what besides butch are you and it's really true like a non-binary gender expression is different than being butch it's in addition to
4: yeah well and you know uh it was really nice with Lindsay she was like it's kind of like you can have you don't, you, the definition of masculinity and femininity is so gender specific to so many people, but it's not supposed to be, it's supposed to be characteristics. And this is my way to be able to embrace both of them without having to choose. Like I, some days I feel more masculine, some days I feel more feminine. Some days I'm going to cry, the other days, you know, and like do my thing. Uh, and other days I'm going to feel like I can't do that. And that's a whole different story for another week, but you know, does that make sense? I'm about to yeah. It's sort of like, go ahead, Dana.
1: I was just telling Max to be careful.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes.
1: So what I kind of like about what I'm. Hey, y'all come on. are you talking to? One thing I like about what I'm hearing from Mags is that they don't hesitate to be present in whatever, uh, element of their identity is presenting itself at the moment like if I'm having a masculine moment Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be right there and if I'm having a feminine moment I'm gonna be right there um I like it I wish I I, I should get more comfortable with that
3: we were just talking about how much it's uh moved forward and has progressed in just in the 20 years like Mm -hmm. that we can even make those distinctions I think that's
4: awesome Yeah, you know, I was saying. I think I've said this before, a big thing for me is I thought I was, um, transgendered for a while, um, because I didn't really know where I fit, I didn't really feel like a woman, and I didn't really feel like a man, and I thought I had to be one or the other, and so for me, I felt like I was letting people down by not doing that, and so, um, when this term came around it was like eye-opening for me because it allowed me to fully embrace myself
0: mm-hmm. so uh how about uh, some updates on our topic from last time uh our butch health how's everybody's butch health going this is real time we're gonna do real time we're this is about demonstrating and role modeling honesty dana how's your how's your health going how are your health practices going
3: Well, I made a a commitment to meditate in the morning, and I have not done it once, so not great in that respect. However, I'm back on my walking routine and uh, did like seven miles today, so feeling good about that. Just got my walking shoes on.
0: Awesome. Very good. Outstanding, Dana. What do you need to help you get into your meditation routine, do you think? How can we support you?
3: I think I need to give up on the meditation routine. I think it's not part of my life in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm not that person. I'm a roll out of bed, get some caffeine, get the dogs fed, go to work. So I'm going to let go of that expectation. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll meditate at night. Maybe I don't need to meditate. Maybe I meditate while I walk.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh, that's
0: a great idea. Yeah. There's a lot of great walking meditations. Thank you. So Maybe nice. you
1: spend a minute a day mourning your morning meditation, since it's not going to happen. Get it? M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, morning your morning
0: meditation. Yeah. Thank you for explaining yeah. your joke. You know, I, my son is, if you have to explain your joke, it's not actually funny. Yes,
1: you know <laughs> hey, you know now he's what owen's now 21 and now he knows everything great no yeah, yeah. so i told him well,
0: now he knows yeah, okay. <laughs> don't be mean to owen being real well i think that's great dina because part of health is being flexible and figuring out what works for you and not and so thank you for your honesty and also for your um inspiration and in all your the walking that you do and yeah. That's so great.
1: And your perspicuity and all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Figure out what works. Definitely. Kathy, report out on your health mindedness. You know, uh, the intermittent fasting is going well in the way it's the way I have made it work for me is that uh, I have to, I have to each day kind of flex which hours I'm fasting, but I commit to a 14 hour fast every day. So sometimes I have to start at one. And sometimes I have to start, I can start at 11, but it depends on my schedule. And that's what was kind of screwing me up is that I couldn't, I didn't have enough control over my life. That's sad to say, uh, to actually <laughs> do the same hours every day, which is ideal. But for me right now, that's what's got to happen. So since I did that, I've really, uh, it's been great. And then on my days off, I've been like really like just sticking to a real routine. So that's been nice too. So thanks for asking. Nice.
3: You made an adjustment. I like it.
1: Yeah, thanks. Be flexible. flexible. Love it. Mags,
4: you got a Butch Health uh, report out? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't even remember what I said last time. I got to be honest. (laughs) I don't. That might be because Uh, you
1: might uh, not not have been there.
4: No,
0: they were there last time. Okay, what was your health health report out?
4: They don't remember. (laughs) What? I you do it, Mags dang hot seat me um this is the real hot seat uh listen i'm okay i think mentally i've been making some big changes for me for my mental health that's great um i'm taking uh this next semester off of school uh mainly to get money and stuff saved and we're planning on possibly moving across the country so i want to make sure i'm actually set for all of that and then um dealing with I just switched to night shifts at work so that's been Mm. kind of a new thing for me I'm switching it up it's been tough I'm a morning person if Mm. anyone knows me I'm up at like the ass crack with the rooster Uh, but it's been good to kind of I've been tricking my brain when it's like right now it's nine o'clock but it feels like four o'clock or five o'clock so I just tell myself it's four or five o'clock and that seems to work to keep me up like I'm still just as pumped and happy at 7am when I've been up since The night before um so I've been doing that a lot of that I haven't been working out a lot because I picked up a bunch of extra shifts so I'm just working a ton right now I have a cold so clearly not been doing much with it I did start drinking and I've been fine uh I have had a couple beers since then and that's been nice um but I've made it to the gym maybe like four times since we last talked. Nice. Oh, like yeah. four times more than I have. That's Come my health on. report. <laughs> um.
1: Okay. So my Butch health report out is as follows. Trip, trip. Just kidding. I've thought about it a lot, Dana. I've thought about it a lot. And I've got a big, bright future ahead of me in being more active, and I like that. Uh, I've been trying to walk more, which is great. Um, I'm not nearly on the level of Dana yet, uh, but I'm getting in some good mileage uh, if you collect all the days in the week and put them together. Additionally, I was invited to play softball the other day with my lovely wife, wife, Nancy, and I did say yes. And although I am paying the price right now because I was like, I've been a catcher before I can do this. And then I was catcher for a couple of hours. And I was like, oh, dear God, I'm going to die. And now every time I go downstairs, I'm like, "Ah, why am I even moving? Why is hell a thing? <laughs> so I'm going to work on something a little more uh, achievable. Um, maybe start swimming again or something like that. Mm. We'll see how it goes.
3: That's like a permanent squat being a catcher.
1: that's I know, right?
3: Yeah, that's it's pretty so impressive actually i was
0: glad
1: to it. know i still almost have it but you know
0: <laughs> recovery is hard when you get old yeah, yeah. it wasn't pretty but it did happen before we move on to the daily butch i just i think a great tip pro tip that i heard this week um, on another podcast that i'm listening to about training for uh, trekking and things like that is that is to incorporate at least a couple of days if not like a little bit every day of stretching. Once you get over uh, 35, really important just to stretch and stretch and stretch. And that's not, that's, you know, it can be low key. It doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be anything intense. You can just put, especially your hamstrings and your legs and your back. And that will really give you longevity. You know, when you're in your nineties and you still want to be flexible and like walking, that's, that's what'll do it, so.
4: And like Grandma Hampton. I feel like I've been... I feel like I've been doing a lot of stretching lately with my new relationship,
0: especially my hip man, flexors. Man, so and my lower back. Yeah, get a stretching buddy. Yeah, you bad, you bad, man. You a bad man. Get a stretching buddy and new batteries, and you'll be all <laughs> okay. There we go.
2: <laughs>
0: okay. Got the whole new
4: set. It's a whole new drawer, oh. of friends. New drawer of new adventures. Drawer. And
0: there it is. <laughs> well, let's move to the Daily Butch. Janelle, do you have something to report out? Well, okay, just like news-wise,
1: we're going to be looking for a couple um, updates and we're looking forward to that. But I do want to also mention that in the upcoming Summer Olympics, we shall have the very first openly transgendered uh, athlete uh, performing in the Olympics. And and I understand um, what we've talked about as far as like the, well, what if you, you have life as a male and then you begin to compete with females and all oh, the atrocities and the unfairness and the injustice. But this is a really good example to talk about because I think the dynamic, the specifics about this situation will open people's eyes. So there's a transgender weightlifter named Laurel Hubbard. And she has been selected for New Zealand's Olympic team. Of course, New Zealand, first to the punch again. God bless yes. them. And Jacinda Ahern, which I think, I think is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And who I'd love to cook dinner for sometime, And my wife, too. Which is fine. I'm telling exactly. your wife. Anyway. I'm telling we, your wife. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dinner would be cooked. Um, and Lauren Hubbard was born biologically male and, and transitioned in... 2012, which is about nine years ago mm-hmm. and it was after first competing um, as a male in 2017. So the interesting concept is um, before Lauren Hubbard had transition, um, how Lauren Hubbard was born initially had competed in you know competitive weightlifting. but Lauren Hubbard is undergoing now and is in transition.
2: Mm -hmm. so
0: there are hormone replacement therapies going on right now just tell me if you think this is correct if this is accurate but i heard an athlete say this is that when you're transitioning from male to female you still have like the the male um uh sort of some of the male structure like the but your, your engine actually the engine that fuels that structure gets a bit smaller and yes. So it's harder to fuel the engine, fuel fuel the structure with a smaller engine. So there's actually not an advantage to being a trans a transgender female because of that dynamic once you're fully transitioned. So I exactly. think that's really a cool way to look at it. I didn't hadn't heard that before. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm kind of excited for that, and I, I want to see what happens. It it does make me always wonder why there's not there's not more attention on transgender men because transgender men are getting um, a lot of a lot of huge they're building their engine on a smaller frame but people don't seem to think that's a threat and I think that there's some misogyny in there personally but that's
3: Ooh, just... <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point you don't hear a lot of complaints you don't uh, going the other way which is uh, coupled with what I was thinking about it was you uh, that it just goes again, gosh, I keep coming back around to this idea of fear. And as soon as people talk about this topic, Mm -hmm. we go automatically to somebody's trying to get one over on me or Mm -hmm. get one over on someone else and get ahead. That's not fair. Instead of actually looking at the actual data and science Mm -hmm. about it. And it's, it's, I don't even know. I don't even uh, can't even think of like an example of someone purposely transitioning so that they can be a better athlete. What are you guys? What?
1: And to steal the gold from? Yeah. And if, like the long game is if I chop off my tits. I, I mean, it's like what? what I'm with you, you Dana, on you that.
0: Yeah. Why would you do that? That's such an insane thing, like big thing to do. <laughs> I, so, I mean, <laughs> Oh,
1: you know, that's, you know, that's such a good point because what it reminds me of is the time I asked probably one of my parents or one of my Christian camp counselors, like, why would I choose this? They all think it's a choice. I'm like, okay, so why would I choose to be in this awkward position in my church, in my home, in my school, and everywhere? Why would I choose, why would anybody choose that? It's like, so I think that's a really good point, Dana.
0: Anything else going on for the, the, uh, the daily butch? Yeah, I've got a little update from my uh, daily Bush Last time, just a quick one that I want to share with folks. Uh, so, uh, just update from my lovely wife, uh, who is tonight doing a really neat forum with the Episcopal church on a movie called uh, "They Know Not What They Do," which is an amazing movie about uh, uh, the queer community in and in, in relationship to church. Um, so congratulations, Christchurch Coronado, for having the Reverend Hannah Wilder there. She passed on the name of the uh, superintendent who made the choice to cut her from the roster. So I thought I'd share that with everybody here and we'll put it on. Wee-wee! our. Hey, be proud of the decisions <laughs> you make, fools. Yeah. Be proud. So it's Rob Songer, and he's the district superintendent who uh, forced the hand of the uh, professor to take him off the roster. I also want to say that the professor who did that after Hannah expressed her hurt and concern for the decision responded amazingly and apologized and just said that uh, he was, uh, he has a lot to learn and that people need to give him space to learn, don't you think, Janelle?
1: Yeah, except I heard that from my uh, head pastor at the church I wanted to be a, um, a high school counselor in. These people need to get it together. The queer thing yeah. is a thing. And good for him for recognizing that. And you're right. That's right. When somebody yeah, initially recognizes that they need the space to learn it, give them the yeah. space.
3: Yeah. Well, give them some space. No, that was all. Just give them some space. People That's are right. still trying to figure it out. I, I'm still figuring it out. So I don't know. Go ahead, Max.
4: What I was just gonna say, you know, based on I mean, culture is an example of I think religion and culture are so similar in the sense that depending on where you're from and how you're raised, you blur a lot of what religion is to culture. So you're not just changing a belief system on religion, you're literally changing a way of your normal day-to-day life with it. So it <laughs> takes time. My family is the same way, they're they're worse, <laughs> they're as backwards and homophobic as they can be, but it's because what they've experienced and what they've been given is so blended (laughs) and so out of touch with what we're up to date with. It's going to take them time to get there. I mean, shit, their music is still like six years behind. It's perfect for me because I don't even like music right now, especially country, but not so great when it comes to like, you know, liberal freedoms. However, my uncle did go to a Mexican restaurant the other day and he told me about it. There you go. I think that that's a really good
1: point, Mags, like the idea that when you change something intellectually or religiously, and it actually impacts on a cultural level, you're absolutely right. The lift is a lot heavier.
0: It's a heavier lift. Good point. And I think just to wrap this up is this guy is the change agent at Point Loma Nazarene. He's the one that's actually pushing this envelope. And he's the only reason that these speakers ever even get thought of there. So he made a major mistake in his communication with Hannah, but he is, he, he could potentially lose his job for the strides he's making on that campus. So he's actually the only lifeline in his department for queer students at that school, which has just a bus. place for a lot of queer students. So uh, I actually am really grateful for him because I think there'd probably be more dis- distress in queer students without him. So uh, in honor of uh, thinking about Juneteenth and about liberation and mutual liberation, we thought we'd talk a little more tonight, we already started, about uh, intersectionality and how our lives cross over each other and uh, maybe some experiences that we've had together or or apart uh, in, in this context. Uh, so does anyone have anything to share just to get us kicked off about the uh, what intersectionality means to you or it has been demonstrated in your life?
1: Uh, You know, intersectionality is a term that's become more and more frequently used. And the question of what does intersectionality mean in your life? It's actually very poignant for me right now. Um, Because since we started this podcast on uh, the Butch Daily I have realized that I, you know, with your guys' help and going back and forth, we sort of explored a a lot of parts of ourselves that are all connected to the butch identity, but where the butch identity inhabits other identities, just sort of verifies that those other identities are as meaningful and present as my butch identity. And my father, Jim Hampton, was a great one for saying this once he came like what he got out of me coming out um, in um, you know middle school or whenever that was, was Janelle is not just a lesbian. She has 360 degrees of a person in there. And in the beginning, it was like he, he, his essence was basically, I'm not sure about the lesbian part, but I know about the athlete part. And I know about the daughter part. And I know about the sister part. And I know about the hard worker part. And and it's really sort of important to to acknowledge that every individual is made up of 360 degrees of stuff. The the butch part is really important Mm -hmm. to me. But what's also really important to me is how my butch identity inhabits my professional identity. When I was a Girl Scout, Mm -hmm. high adventure specialist, when I was a college professor, now that I'm a labor rep. I have all of these identities, and those are just the professional ones. And I am butch in those identities too. So intersectionality has become kind of complex. I'm not going to say I don't flex my butch when I need to, but I'm also not going to say that I don't cap my butch when I need to. You know, I, it's interesting. I, what
4: do you guys? It think? is.
3: It's super interesting, and I wanted to. I was joking around it uh, around about it uh, before we started recording about how Kathy. And you and, 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 and Mags, uh, I feel like I get pushed to think about things that I don't always think about. that are all, not always on the top of uh, my mind. And then Kathy, uh, with the hot seat question, you talked about being a descendant of someone on the Mayflower and a responsibility that you feel uh, as a white person and it, God, it really kind of just touched me just then. Like, um, I just want to say I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Like, as soon as you said it, it was like colonizer. I thought uh, that that was the word. I thought was like colonizer. And but I see how much work that you put yeah. into it, and you, and you push me mm-hmm. to think about intersectionality. About racism, and we've had amazing conversations about what happened last summer with George George Floyd and uh, the protests that were going down all over the country. And I just really appreciate it. And I'm not I'm not sure what the point is I'm trying to make, just to express my gratitude for that and that you're trying and working towards a better. A better solution. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. Sorry, I got a little, I got a little uh, teary about it. Sorry.
1: (laughs) I don't think you should
0: be sorry for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tears are welcome. Yeah, um, there was a, a movie I watched this last year that I think brought a visual of the importance of intersectionality in my life, and I think um, that I'll tell you about it. So it's a movie called Crip Camp, and when I first heard the phrase, even my little um, my little bells went off. Like, ooh, who named that movie? <laughs> that seems that seems a little crazy. Um, and then uh, when I watched it, I I was super moved because it's about the disabilities movement and about the formation of the ADA and it's something I really don't know about. And I just, you know, geez, like you're saying, Dana, this year, we've just, I feel like we've learned a lot, right? The thing I keep learning again and again is how much I don't know. And this, this movie is another example. So in one scene, I'll tell you about one scene, but I highly recommend people, folks, check it out. Um, so the. Folks are in San Francisco. They're so it's people from the disabilities community. So therefore, people with all different types of disabilities, right? From paraplegic folks to blind people to deaf people to any type of disability you can think of, invisible disabilities. Uh, they're they have taken over the county building and they're in there for you know I, I'll have to get the exact dates, but a long a long ass time, right? Sleeping on the floor, doing what they can and who comes to support them? The Black Mm. Panthers. They bring food, they bring mattresses, they bring toilet paper, and you know, I I was just like, this is it. This is where, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about, like, and not only are the Black Panthers there, they're they're taking care of bringing sustenance, helping with medical things, uh, hoisting Uh, mattresses, you know, up outside the building, you know, in places that they can't get to, you know, it's, uh, it just really touched me to see, and one of the Black Panthers that was interviewed says something about, you know, we're, none of us are free until every single one of us are free, you know, we've all heard that type of quote, but to come from a a group that you kind of think of as sort of this sort of in-your-face liberation group, that they also have a side to them that we don't all see, right? That they're they're part of this, they, they see the value in mutual liberation that is part of intersectionality. Um, and I do want to say that intersectionality, that ter- term was coined 30 years ago by Kimberly Crenshaw, who is a African-American lawyer. And she used it in a case in New York. Um, and it, it, at the time it had, didn't really pick up, yes. but recently it's picked up steam. So I just want to name it as um, give credit to Kimberly Crenshaw for that.
3: Kathy, um I just I don't even know where I'm going to go with this. But yeah. Nice. Um I I watched the trailer for that for because you, you told, you know, you you were telling us about the movie and then I went to this uh, internet rabbit hole and I ended up watching uh, a bunch of podcasts clips of Ben Shapiro. Oh and, no. I know. I went down a whole like rabbit hole of other stuff. Oh. Um, my end result was, we're all human. Ben Shapiro is a human as well. Wow. What? But I had a really hard, I know, I had a hard time listening to him. But
1: A human a-hole, a human butthole <laughs> full of poo.
3: Okay. Sorry. Go ahead that's all There's i was gonna say right. i don't even know where my thought was going is that, i went down this weird rabbit hole <laughs> and, um, have you listened to him that was...
1: he's horrifying yeah
3: but he also yeah okay Go ahead. Oh, but
1: terrible. he told me no dana yeah. finish that thought he also what
3: well he was talking about this interaction he had yeah. with someone and about the use of pronouns and he was like, listen, if I'm at Thanksgiving Day table, I'm out of the picnic with someone, I'm going to respect their pronouns, and I'm going to call them by their pronouns. He said that. But if you're talking to me on a platform about what use of pronouns and what is real or not real and his you know kind of weird talk about delusions and things, I'm going to stick up for what I think is biological and not biological. And it just, it surprised me to hear that because I thought that he would be like, even at Thanksgiving Day table, that he would be like, no, fuck you. You're whatever I think you are just by looking at you. I don't know, it just came back to being human beings.
1: That's so interesting because it kind of reminds me of this. It sounds like a little bit of a trite saying, but it does make sense to me. It doesn't matter what you do when people are looking. What matters is what you do when people aren't looking. You know, so it's like in certain circumstances, yeah, he's willing to, I'm surprised too, he's willing to um, respect somebody's pronouns, but when it comes to moving the world towards a better, safer, kinder place, he's just, nope. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. But I had no clue about that other part, Dana, so I'm glad you shared. Max, what do you think? Well,
4: what I think about what Dana said is that here's my thing. We want like we have to take all of our good that we're getting, you know, so like this person, not that great, but he's he like made some steps forward. I made the joke right. about my uncle and the whole eating Mexican thing, because that's a huge deal, because for him, he was so homo or so racist in his own right that he had put it in his head that he couldn't yeah. eat at the local Mexican restaurant because they didn't mm-hmm. pay taxes. That was a mindset that he actually believed in this day and age. Mm mm-hmm. And he's a preacher, not dogging on him. I love him with all my heart. He's my, one of my favorite uncles to this day. He still calls me baby girl. And I allow that because he loves me. I get it. But the fact that he is now being like, well, your aunt really likes to eat there. And these guys came and helped build my garage. And we were talking and, you know, they're pretty good guys. And it was all a matter of him needing to take his time to process and figure out where he was at with it. Does that make him the best person? Fuck no. I'll say that I love you, bug. But no, you got a lot of shit going on. Preacher or not preacher, but every move in the right direction mm. is a good move for me yeah. because being stagnant in it doesn't work, or being shitty about it doesn't work either. You know, if you can get one good thing out of someone, regardless who that person is, it's still a win. And that's something we forget about a lot. We have these big radical movements, and I love them, and they're great, and I'm in it. I'm as liberal, and I try to be as you can and come, you know. I'm all about it, but I've been out here and seeing the small stuff has really made yeah. me step back and be like, no. "That's making a movement I agree too. Completely. Every little step helps.
1: Oh my goodness! You know what's what? This other, you know, I'm I'm going to loop in, um, Kathy. Something you said in response to the hot seat, which is that you know your butch is you being butch isn't that part of your identity? And then your being a lesbian is another part of your identity, right? And because what it actually reminds me of this concept of intersectionality that we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. So let's say there's an intersectionality. If, if, if butch and lesbian are separate, great. Then there is an intersection to be had. And I have a friend, um, she's cis female, heterosexual, but was sort of talking to me after she started listening to the podcast a little bit like, look, Janelle, I get it. You know, lesbians are amazing. In fact, at times I've wished I had been one. Um, but I'm also butch. I'm a cis female heterosexual who's butch. Now, mm-hmm. she is the ultimate in single moms. Like She takes on the entire right. raising of the children herself, 95%. And she's super strong, a marathoner. She does everything in her yard. She does everything in her kitchen. And she's a badass. Shinosky is, is the name I'll give her right now. But it kind of, I was kind of like, I don't know, is that Butch? Are you Butch if you're this and that? The truth is if Butch is an identity separate from lesbian, then part of the intersectionality is coming to meet people who are Butch but aren't lesbians. And that's an interesting concept to me. And that's the beauty of intersectionality. And the fatal part of it is intersectionality and how we failed at it as a as community and society is the women's movement from the very beginning. The women's movement failed to, to understand and accept and come to grips with intersectionality mm. when it came to incorporating women of color and how them being people of color impacts what they uh, deal with every day. And it, it, it's a shame. I am Filipino mm-hmm. and Italian and American and I, I pass as white often. And it's a source of shame for me that the women's movement failed so hardcore because we couldn't figure out how to give the women of color of adequate voice and power in that movement. I feel shame about it and sadness. The intersectionality is important if we're gonna see it as a tool and a blessing and not a curse
0: mm. or complication. And that is part of uh, supporting trans people now. That is the next, ah. that is definitely, mm-hmm. the, the similar things are happening to trans people where they they are considered a complication. And I love what you said there. And it, I don't, per, I just wanna clarify, I do not think that. I think that the, the more diversity, the better. That is That is proven through a multitude of studies the more diversity you have in a company, more diversity you have in a school, the, all of those communities are more creative, they're more sustainable, they are come out with uh, better grades, better outcomes across the board. So if they're embraced, further diversity. Uh, so, so diversity is great, but trans community is the new target, uh, and it's super important that we remember, learn our lessons from the past, like you're saying, Janelle. To, it's not a complicated more interesting wider interesting. birth is not more complicated it's just it's more people to agree in our liberation <sighs> yes so, absolutely
4: can i just step on that platform yeah if you will uh so it's interesting of me to hear you mm-hmm. say like to not keep re um you know not repeat history and the mistakes that we made but we see it every time And like people, you know, there's people who have their feelings about like Mm -hmm. um, blending together like racism and homophobia and all these things. But they have similar paths in the sense that, you know, they all have a fight. Everyone's fighting on this. You know, first with homosexuality, it was just homosexuality being legal. And then on top of that, it was recognizing that there was more than just lesbian, gay and bisexual and then now on top of that but now it's our trans groups and it's like well what's trans like my teacher who's a psychology or my psychology teacher who I had a very hard semester with this year she said just as long as you understand that uh being transgender is a dysphoria it's a dysfunction it's a dysphoria and I said just so you under literally and i said just so you understand i will 100 disagree with you and that feels like a personal belief and please don't bring that in uh
0: in the dsm that's no longer dana what is what is the newest what's the newest um latest information on gender dysphoria that was in the past
3: oh let me
0: let me look it up
3: i don't okay. want to i don't want to try and quote
0: it I'll- so, uh, maybe next time we can hear that information, Dana, is that cool? Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd love to hear the actual update so that we can flip the table of that professor. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I, that just brings to mind uh, that, you know, last year when uh, that George Floyd was murdered, at the very same time, Tony McDade was mm-hmm. Murdered yep. in Louisville, correct, Max? Tony McDade, uh, a trans man, uh, murdered in his door on his doorstep. Uh, and that trans people, the rate of trans people being murdered is absolutely off the chart. And trans people of color, it's a vast majority trans people of color. Talk about a intersectional yep. problem, uh, targeted problem. I think a deadly deadly intersection so just as uh this is like i think a reminder that that's the more the more identities that you uh, uh, are a part of that uh, you identify with uh that are in the margins uh, the more vulnerable you are to uh, the systems that are you know against so that's another good reason to really think about intersectionality uh, I wanted to share something with y'all, if you don't mind. Uh, I took a class this year where I learned about these things called prized, uh, dominant prized identities. Let me let me hear what you think. So this is just a few of them that I pulled off the list. So these are identities that are valued by our uh, by our culture, or th- just in general. So this is a general like social construct values: uh, white, heterosexual, Christian college educated, extrovert, quick workers, gender normative, neurotypical. These are prized identities that have been given power in our culture. Uh, and I think on our list, we've named almost all of these things, whether that were a part of those prized identities or on the flip side, on the marginalized uh, non-identified uh, folks. So. Uh, I just think it's so important to keep that in mind, uh, those identities in mind. What do you all think about that list?
3: Well, it doesn't surprise me.
1: Well, I think that might be the point of the list. Uh, Additionally, I'm reading that, I'm still reading that book called Quiet, and it's really, the author is getting a little bit Mm anti-extrovert, but the truth is the concept of American extrovertism is just really gross. Mm -hmm. And something that's, again, making me very self-reflective, Not that I meant it to be, Um, but yeah, I mean, yes, that is a prized concept. And I I don't think it's great that it's the prized one. And not just because I have a son who is really not an extrovert, but because, I mean, one of the biggest things I've had to learn my whole life is how to stop shooting my energy out so that I could allow people to come in. And it's just been interesting.
0: Yep. (laughs) Trying. (laughs) <laughs> to, to close out, I just wanted to uh, just ask a quick question that maybe everyone can just popcorn around and, uh, Dana, we're going to start with you. Uh, how do you feel like you can show up uh, in, in, for intersectionality in your life on a regular, how do you maybe, or how could you, in, in your life on a regular basis?
3: That's a great question. I think I have to um, work on looking past, um, looking past what I just see in front of me. And uh, it's one of the wonderful things about being involved with this group and knowing uh, the three of you is that you always challenge me to look past my own nose, so to speak, and uh, things, see things outside of myself. So I see things all the time of like what my own struggles are and the things that I've been through. Uh, but you you guys really hold a mirror up or maybe, you know, a looking glass of seeing things through the eyes of other people and the struggles that other people go through. And so um, on my day-to-day, I guess taking the moment to reflect on that and the even the little minutiae decisions that I make in my day-to-day and working in mental health, just remembering that and identifying when I might be missing some of that intersectionality. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, If I may, I I know that for me, Mm -hmm. um, it's been challenging to sort of, I I just feel like I've had to always be so certain of my legitimacy in all of my identities that I never took the time to really reflect on the edges of my identities and how they were impacting others. Mm -hmm. And right now, for many different reasons, I'm coming face to face Mm -hmm. with that. And I really feel like accepting the the value in a concept like intersectionality and even my own inner intersectionality is going to help me become uh, a better person to understand what is great about my masculinity and what is not great about my masculinity, what is great about me being butch and what is not great about me being butch. And it's a challenging time for me, but I, I look forward to talking more about this and the concept of untethered masculinity in, in the near future, guys. But I think that intersectionality is, a, is very much a seed to this concept. Max,
4: what do you think? Um, I think for me, especially, you know, when I think of intersectionality, I think of the onion. I'm sure we've all known the onion example, uh, all of our identities, create this onion and every layer you add, you're actually growing it and making it bigger and more sound and recognizing that, you know? Um, And so I think for me, especially being out here for now is not being silent and rec and um, making sure that I don't just like let things go through with my voice um, and make sure that it's heard. You know, this is a new concept for me. I'll be the first to admit, like um, it's something I'm not as, as confident and and, um, informed about. And so I think learning as much as I can about it and um, being open in a general sense, you know, like it's not hard to change my mind on anything. If you give me the right reasons and you come at it with the right intentions, and it's something that is believable, um, I can do that, but not setting myself in a box and saying, this is how this is.
0: For me, in the ways that my road has been hard, I try to show up and be really authentic to who I am, which was scary when I was younger. And now I just feel like, hey, I'm 45 and I'm here and you're gonna listen to me <laughs> and I'm gonna do what I want, uh, which feels really good. And you guys really um, bolster my confidence in that way and, uh, and feeling really comfortable using the term butch and using being comfortable being who I am. And you've been that way for decades now. So that's not new, but it's all been part of my process. And then the ways that I've been privileged, I feel are hand in hand. And yes. that, if someone is upset or yes. um, or has been hurt by words that I've said, and in front of me they are um, they're expressing that to me, I want to be a person who can hear that and understand that that moment is not necessarily all about me. But I triggered that, and that's okay. That's something that happens. You're going to make mistakes, and if you can show up, if, if me as a a person who has had a significant amount of privilege in my life that I can recognize, um, that I can show up in that moment and just listen and accept the fact that there are people have pain from the ways that they have been hurt and marginalized throughout their lives and generations. I want to be that person. I'm practicing that now to listen and hear and understand the things I don't know. Because guess what? I do really. There's a lot to learn. So much. So I want to show up for people and be able to be with them um, in their time. So and learn from them and learn from them. So, uh, yeah. Well, this has just been a, a great conversation. Thank you all so much. Uh, hey, Mags, can you tell us a little bit about our, uh, our uh, musical sponsor?
4: Yeah, I wanna give a huge shout out to um, my good friend and a great queer, thriving musician who's now actually back out in Denver, which is her stomping roots, um, they, Veronica May. She's done a great job. She's allowed us to have our, her music as part of our intro. And um, she's probably one of the swampiest and, and most talented guitar players I've ever seen. So thanks a lot, V. People can get in touch with us by emailing us at, the Butch
1: Daily at gmail.com. And hashtagging us on Instagram at hashtag the Butch Daily and getting us up on Twitter at the Butch Daily. Actually, Twitter is at Butch Daily, Butch underscore Daily on Twitter and Facebook. Of course, we have a page, the Butch Daily page. So please come visit us. And seriously, if you want an address to send your used dildos and cocks to so we can send a bag of dicks to that bag of dicks down at Point Loma Nazarene. What's his name again? The superintendent, Kathy? Yeah, we want to send, a, send that, a bag of dicks to that bag of dicks. Might help him in some way. You can uh, get the address by emailing the butchdaily at gmail.com. Love y'all. Oh, totally, totally, totally. For those of you who don't have dicks to spare, no problem.
0: Totally. You can also just send a letter or an email. Those are also acceptable communications. (laughs) No problem. We love you. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a good night. We'll talk to you later.
2: Bye, everybody.